Let's talk geography. The Hudson Valley is a region in New York State that stretches from New York City to Albany. Along its west border is the Catskill Mountains, gorgeous to look at and hike in, and our friends Victor and Stephanie are building a house on one of them. To the east are the Berkshires, where Bostonians decamp for the summer, and you can find Tanglewood, Great Barrington, and my sisters and our friend Lisa. Now, most of us think of towns as places to be proud of, say Rhinebeck for its charm, Woodstock for its character, Millbrook for the horse farms, or specific states like Jersey, Connecticut, New York. We can often overlook, however, an entity or jurisdiction that actually drives a lot of impact and difference in our day-to-day lives, counties. Most agree that the Hudson Valley is comprised of 10 New York counties, Putnam, Rockland, and Westchester in the Lower Hudson, Albany, Columbia, Green, Rensselaer in the Capital District, and Orange, Ulster, and Dutchess, where we are in what's called the Mid-Hudson. The names are colorful. New York's counties, I've read, are named for a variety of Native American words, British provinces, cities, and royalty. Also for early American statesmen and military personnel, and even some New York state politicians. You see counties in the limelight at election time, reporting votes on maps by Steve Kornacki. Or in the pandemic, vaccinations are tracked by counties, which makes sense if you want to know how safe it is around you. Right now, my county's only at 58%. Great. Counties are a mystery though, right? What's the point? I mean, what do they have authority over versus the state or the town? Who runs them? Where I grew up, I knew counties by certain parks, certain roads, county colleges. Then there were our county legislators, who were called freeholders, whatever that means. Living in New York City for 20 plus years didn't help. Manhattan was not just an island, but it was also the county of New York, and it's called a borough. I barely noticed who was our borough government, except a name on the signs under the mayor's name coming into the city. The city was what mattered. Other than jury duty, the county did everything I didn't notice. The investigative journalist I am, though, I started to poke around. According to the National Association of Counties, counties are one of America's oldest forms of government, dating back to 1634, when the first county governments, shires, were established in Virginia. Today, there are 3,069 county governments, all chartered under their state constitutions. Counties own and maintain nearly a half of America's roads, nearly 40% of our bridges, and operate 90% of all local jails. Those are some facts. But facts are kind of called. This still left me wondering, who knows about the counties? Who knows my county, Duchess? Where are my people? I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 53, Lessons from a County Legislator. Our county of Duchess in New York has 25 districts within it, and I had to check the map to make sure I knew ours. Browsing the county government website, I wanted to see what the county does, and I'll tell you, it's an alphabet of government services. There's Department of Aging, Airports, Behavioral and Community Health, Board of Elections, Family Services, Courts, DMV, Economic Development, History. You've heard me mention Will Tatum, our county historian. Then there's Human Rights, which I didn't realize and caught my interest. Medical Examiner. Well, we've all seen that on CSI. Then Parks, Planning, Public Defender, Public Transit, Public Works, Tax, Soil and Water Conservation, Veteran Services, Youth Services. And hey, there's a Tick Task Force, which if you know how rampant Lyme is up here, this is a good idea. The conundrum of the city 
is that weekenders have split loyalties between their weekday county and weekend county, especially depending on where they pay taxes and vote. And the challenge of the newly established like us, even full time, is that we often lack context of history of who and what matters in the locality. What we do have though, is an idea of what matters to people like us, what we've seen work and not work elsewhere. And we came here for a reason and plan to stay. So I'm not shy to say we have an eye on the long term. Recently, Brian and I were at a fundraiser at a big, beautiful house on the river, which as you've heard me say, is the best way to see a big, beautiful house along the river. I met Rebecca Edwards, who is a county legislator representing part of Poughkeepsie, District 6, and is also the minority leader for the Democratic Caucus. Right now, Dutchess County Legislator has 15 Republicans, 10 Democrats, plus a county executive, Mark Melanaro, the DA, and the sheriff, all Republicans. The only countywide Democrat here right now is Robin Lewis, the controller. At the event, Edwards gave a really inspiring talk about county government, how it fits into our national and local priorities, and what was happening lately here. I asked her if she'd be willing to talk to Cityit on what county government is, what she as a legislator does, and what we as citizens should know, and why we should care more than we seem to. Plus, of course, I'd love to know what she likes about where we live and her favorite spot, my new favorite question. And what did she say? She said yes. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, great to see you. Thanks so much for coming on City It. You're making me into a real media publication. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'd like to start with talking about local government. And maybe you could tell us about how you see the different kind of um, tiers of government, because I think a lot of people don't understand the difference between, you know, federal or state or even local. Sure. Be glad to. People moving here from the city are going to find a lot of differences we're going to find that the county level of government is pretty powerful here. And you may think that you've moved to Fishkill or Pine Plains or Stanford, but that in fact, that you also moved to Dutchess County or whatever county you may be in. And that the county really in some ways is kind of the arm of the state government for a lot of kinds of spending. The county receives funds from the state for a whole array of different things from criminal justice to foster care, to sexual assault response, to various kinds of human services. And the county plays a pretty important role in those. There are different forms of county government in New York. There's some that are run by an appointed manager or entirely by a legislature. Uh, In Dutchess County, we have a county executive as well as a legislature. And we used to have a board of supervisors, which some mostly smaller counties still have. And the board of supervisors is simply the mayors and supervisors of all the different towns and cities meeting together to make decisions at the county level. But the problem with that is that then you might have the mayor of a 40,000 person city and the supervisor of a 3,000 person town having sort of an equal vote in decisions about what you're doing in the county. And that underrepresents the cities. So for that and other reasons, in the late 60s, Dutchess moved to a county legislature. So in addition to the executive, we don't have a board of supervisors, we have a legislature with districts of roughly the same size. What, what are the topics you find that the county legislature talks about the most, or what are the biggest things on your desk usually? So I would like to see us have a more active legislature. The executive in Dutchess is very powerful and the legislature could be doing a lot more than it is doing. But certainly in terms of, for example, something like opioid response and addiction and recovery, 
criminal justice, we, obviously the sheriff is a very important part of the county government and the legislature as the budgetary arm that decides or should decide about the money, approves the annual budget, deals with the DA and the public defender and the sheriff and pretty much the whole criminal justice system, probation, everything kind of falls under the county umbrella. So, so what about all the COVID money that, that is coming in? Does the county get involved in that? The county does. The federal government has sent down a number of forms of support. The CARES Act, first of all, to directly help with the costs of dealing with COVID, which is very much done on the front line at the local level. And then the American Rescue Plan provided money to school districts. It provided money to municipalities, to towns, to cities, and to the county. Duchess will be getting the 58 million over two years, half this year and the other half next year. My city at audience seems to be about thirds. One third are people that live somewhere else, like live in New York City or California, and they they maybe fantasize about the country or listening out of amusement, but don't actually come here. Hopefully one day they will. The second third are weekenders, like I used to be, that actually come up here that have some kind of part-time or full, you know, residency up here. They may or may not pay taxes here. They may or may not vote up here. And the third are, are full-timers or people that are either local or, or, or transplants like, like me who are full-time too. I guess, how would you describe the importance of county government to those that might seem a little more detached from it? So obviously anybody who owns property here, issues of roads, transit, access, drainage, water, wastewater, all of those things are important. Um, And I would say, for example, we had a debate in the legislature over how to spend some of the rescue plan money. And there are some towns, quite a few towns like Millerton and Amenia, High Park, others that are being held back because their wastewater systems are really deteriorating, crumbling. And we really need to partner, in my view, the county needs to partner with those towns to solve those problems. And so if you buy a house or rent an Airbnb in Amenia, the number of restaurants, the services, the the business options, the boutiques, there's just not going to be as much there as there would be if the wastewater system, we had sort of microbreweries come into certain places and just go, the water supply here just can't, you know, the way in the wastewater system, we can't run this kind of business on a septic system. So there's some real challenges that are there. The lack of infrastructure, there are parts of the county that don't have grocery stores for quite an extended area. And so thinking about, particularly in the rural areas of the county, what kind of transit services, what kinds of roads, all of those things are local government. One of the challenges I think is that we just don't get very good local news. And that may be a real shock to people who are coming from a large city where there's multiple choices of media outlets and how you get your news. The erosion of local media has really impacted small town and rural areas in particular and the whole Hudson Valley is really struggling. There are some new media outlets. There are people doing all kinds of creative things to get the word out about uh, local government and politics, but we just don't have a newspaper reporter come to town board meetings, for example, like they used to and give people an update. So it's a real challenge to get the word out about what's happening and why people should care and why they should vote. And Rebecca, how did you get involved in, in politics and in the Dutchess County Legislature in the first place? So I've lived here since 1995. I grew up in Virginia and I went to William and Mary and then the University of Virginia and then moved here to take a teaching job in 1995. So I've been here quite a while living in the town of Poughkeepsie. And I've been involved civically for a long time in various projects, including my church and including the Anti-Slavery History Project 
which worked to recover histories of slavery and anti-slavery and the Underground Railroad in this area. And also I served on the board of the Gray Smith House, which works for survivors of domestic violence and various other projects and organizations in the community. But I had never run for office until 2016. And, uh, you know, 2016 happened and many of us got more politically motivated than we had been and determined that it was time to enlist and make some change. And so it was really quite a pleasure in 2017 to find that a lot of people were involved, either as candidates or as uh, people who were interested in social media, who were interested in canvassing or volunteer organizing, community organizing. And so there was a real kind of groundswell of people into politics in 2017. Maybe talk about why local elections are so important. I think for a while in New York State, local elections were separate from the national elections. So I assume turnout was was terrible. I don't know if it's improved at all, but I'm trying to get my head around why they're so important and what, what's at stake for me. So local elections are complicated and that makes it a little harder to participate. In addition to your local election on what we call the off years, although there really isn't such thing as an off year, that every, every election matters. But in the odd years, we have elections for most of the municipalities, the towns, villages, cities, and the county level. That varies. There are towns and villages that have their elections at different times. And then there are also school board elections, which happen in May at the opposite end of the of the annual cycle. And then you also have fire district elections. And those are really important. And the fire districts and their politics and the taxes that result from their decisions are a pretty hot button issue. And those fire districts run their own elections and the voting site is actually at the firehouse and it's not on election day at all. So I didn't know about this at all. Well, that's right. Very few people do. So you want to check your fire district. You can use the Dutchess County address finder if you live in Dutchess to figure out what your who your representatives are and which fire district you're in and things like that. And you want to track that and be aware that usually in early December, there's a fire district election as well. And uh, the people who get into fire district politics get really into fire district politics because it's very complicated. And the fire districts and the school districts are a little bit Byzantine and just figuring out, you know, where you are and what your options are can be a little challenging. One of the ways you can measure why local elections are important is if you look at say what's happening in Ulster County right now, which is not happening in Dutchess County, to my mind is doing some really incredible things. They've put together a housing study and they've made some decisions about how they're going to try to keep the cost of both rental housing and purchases more affordable, how they're going to make it more affordable for people to live there. They have participated in, along with some other surrounding counties, in an NIH a project to reduce the number of deaths from drug overdoses. We still are in the throes of the o- opioid crisis here in Dutchess. In fact, it's gotten much worse under COVID. We lost 110 people in Dutchess County to drug overdoses last year, which in a county of 300,000 is pretty staggering. Oh. And so Ulster and actually Putnam and Columbia and some other nearby counties have joined an innovative study with NIH grant funding to do some things about that. Ulster has really taken the lead on moving toward climate smart, as New York calls it, or green climate response 
actions. Ulster has done an extremely good job of tapping state and federal grants to move toward clean energy. They've done some things like buy electric buses. They've created a very interesting waste management system that includes countywide composting and organic waste management and some things of that sort. They're doing some really cutting edge things. Westchester has passed a local labor law that's requiring projects to, when, when there are development projects going on, they have to use much more local labor. So you can look around and you can see the kinds of things that counties do nearby that we think Dutchess ought to be doing as well. And that's kind of a measure of the things that matter when you go to the ballot box in November. And what's on the ballot this year? I mean, it's already going to be the fall. There'll be an election coming up. So this is what we call an off-off year. So the county executive, the county clerk, the DA, the sheriff are not up for election. This year, the top of the ticket is Dutchess County Comptroller. The incumbent, Robin Lois, has done a terrific job. She's put out a lot of audits and has really done a lot to try to help modernize Dutchess County government and to point out some things that need to change. I'll tell you that I'm a Democrat. I'm in the minority in the legislature. And so I feel like the legislature should be paying more attention to her reports. She's made some really helpful recommendations that have gone by the wayside. And I think that the legislature should be paying closer attention. For example, she did a terrific study of Project MORE, which gets county contracts and does some really, really effective programs in the community to help people turn their lives around and to initiate alternatives to incarceration. And she said, look, this is really cost effective for taxpayers. It's so much cheaper than putting people in jail and it's so much more effective and it's so much more humane and helps people really fix, you know, it, it's, it's just a much better way to approach services. The county's approach to services has been very, very focused around the jail. She has this report on Project More and says, look at this great stuff they're doing. If we invested more in those kinds of programs, we could do a lot more, a lot more cheaply. We also have a number of judicial races. There is a race for family court judge. There are several races for, for Supreme Court positions. Uh, Dutchess County has the opportunity to pick up, is gonna be picking up a new Supreme Court judge position, which will help handle caseloads in Dutchess, which have been somewhat backed up. And there are a number of municipal races at the town and city level. Most towns are electing city council and or town council members, supervisors. Um, not all are electing mayors or supervisors, but depends on which town you're in. And then close to my heart, the county legislature is up. We're up every two years. And so there are 25 county legislators who will be up for re-election. Let's talk about the pain a little bit. Like what, what's the most challenging thing about being in, in local government? Is it is it getting stuff done? Is it resources? Is it transparency? I don't think we see a lot of what goes on. In fact, I don't even hear that much about what's happening at the county level. You have to work fairly hard to hear what's going on at the county level. Um, our caucus has started putting out Dutchess Voice, which is our kind of monthly report, just to give people some little bullet points about here's what's coming before the legislature. And of course, it's from our caucus, the Democratic caucus. We have a particular point of view on it, but we just want to let people know here's what our view is of what's happening in the legislature. There are some local news outlets that cover some of what happens, but some of those news outlets just reprint press releases. They get a press release and they reprint it. And it would be really nice if there was a little more digging into what is actually happening. So I think some of the challenges are that many of us who serve are part-time 
and we have other jobs and other other distractions in our lives and so it's a, a challenge to give everything full attention to serve constituents needs to get the word out there that we're even here and the constituents can reach out to us and get advice and help another challenge is that people don't necessarily know what the different levels of government do but that's okay with me. It's great with me when a constituent calls and they have a drainage problem on their street and that's a town level issue. So most of us all know each other. I can call their town board member and say, hey, here's an issue that's come up. This person really needs some help with right. this. Or they have a state level unemployment issue or they have some other, you know, some other issue. Sometimes it's a veteran with a federal VA issue, right? So we, part of what we do is try to learn to get to know people at other levels of government so that we can kind of help people access resources and help them navigate the different layers. New York is notoriously bad for having a bunch of different layers and a bunch of different structures. And so just helping people navigate, okay, you need to talk to the school board about that, or here's you know the school superintendent, or here's an issue you need to talk about with this particular office in Albany, that kind of thing can be helpful to people. One thing that fascinates me about Duchess and that makes local government really important to me is that the United States has 300 million people in it roughly, give or take, and Dutchess has 300,000, but it seems to me Dutchess County is kind of like a little microcosm of the United States. In terms of the percentages of our population that are urban, suburban, and rural, and the job sectors, the sectors of the economy that people work in, and the percentage of people who live in poverty, the education level, we're almost like an exact match to the United States. We're pretty oh. good. We're slightly more affluent than the United States as a whole, just ever so slightly, but mostly we're almost like a mini United States. And it's hard for me to imagine what it would be like to be in Congress and try to say, okay, let's try to solve this climate change problem simultaneously for Minnesota and New Mexico and Florida and you know, Maine. I mean, <laughs> these are vastly different places. And in Dutchess, it seems to me we have an opportunity both to talk with one another because rural and urban people are not that far apart from each other. In conjunction with the uh, creation of a new youth center in the city of Poughkeepsie, we've been talking about this, that kids who do 4-H out in, uh, you know, some of the eastern parts of the county have an opportunity to come in and meet kids from the city. And maybe those kids have an opportunity, you know, they, maybe they can come into the city of Poughkeepsie and use a really nice new pool and get swim lessons. And then maybe the city kids can go out to the llama farm, right? And meet, or to one of the other, you know, agricultural locations and, and learn about farm life. We're, we're all close together. And so we need to, I think, solve some of the problems that the United States has on a micro level in a, in a, in a setting where they're more manageable. It seems almost overwhelming to try to solve some of the big problems we have right now at a national level. But 300,000 people is not that many. We ought to be able to solve problems at this level. And within the government, do you feel that um, the government is talking to each other more than what we see on TV with Congress? My, my frustration with county government is that in Dutchess County, the legislature is quite weak. It's essentially a pass-through for the executive. And if you go over to Ulster and you watch their committees work, really a legislature's function is in its committees. A, 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 the strength of a legislature is in the strength of its committees where small groups of people who are from both parties can get together and they can pursue an issue over a period of time. Hey, how are we handling waste management? 
or what do we need to do about this problem we're having in our foster care system or whatever it might be. And you can have staff support and you can have a small group conversations together. You get to know each other and you work on things over time. And then the legislature as a whole, which is 25 people, can receive recommendations from a committee that's kind of pre-digested and worked it through. And if you have questions, those committee members can say, well, we talked about that and here we had this expert come in and here's why we chose to do it this way and this is what we recommend. We don't have that at all in Duchess. The committees essentially function as a pass-through. Some of us who were frustrated by this went back and checked and the environmental committee last year deliberated for a total of 17 minutes for the whole oh, year. Oh God. Like, come on, we got way more than 17 minutes worth of problems to solve. I went over to Ulster to watch some of their committees and a great light sort of dawned to me as a local new, fairly new local official sort of, ah, that's what we should be doing. And one of the problems with that is because the committees are weak, the strongest unit is the caucus. And so Democrats spend all our time talking with Democrats and Republicans spend all their time talking with Republicans. And that does create a divide right. where you have strong committees where you get to know people. The, some of the most satisfying work I've done in the legislature was with a retired legislator now. She's no longer there, unfortunately, named Marge Horton, who, who I adored. And we were tasked with doing something together. And she was a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but we had to, we got to go out and work. She, she was very passionate about women's issues and about domestic violence. And we worked together to do some things that were really terrific. And I got to know her. And the lack of a committee structure makes it much harder to do that, to work across the aisle. Needless yeah, to say, if we were running the legislature, I think we would like to do it differently. And we're working this fall to pick up three more seats and have a Democratic majority in the legislature for these structural reasons. There's a lot we think that we should get done and we've been pushing, but you, you kind of got to have your hands on the on the levers of power to make things change. Right. So the committees can meet, right? And exactly. Kind of, to really yeah. re-envision what the legislature can do and have it play a much more robust role in checks and balances and in creating a vision. In Ulster County, the legislature and the executive together created a bipartisan task force and a by, you know, sort of from the executive and the legislature together to think about how to spend American Rescue Plan funds. And they asked the public, okay, here's the money we're, we're getting. What are your priorities? What are your biggest concerns? How should we spend this money? And in Duchess, the executive really made those decisions. And, you know, we in the minority learned about it by press release and the legislature, you know, checked the box on what the executive wanted to do, but there was not that robust public conversation that I think we should have had. What about topics in addition to people? Are there other topics on the ballot? There are several referenda. The state has four referenda, I believe. One of which is to update the way they do reapportionment to make some changes, for example, to count people who are in jail at their last place of residence before they were put in jail rather than in the state prison. So that's going to change how people who are in the prison system are counted and really count them with their home communities rather than in the place where they're incarcerated. So there's some changes like that that are in a, in a redistricting initiative. There is same-day registration which I think about half the states in the United States now offer and which would be a big advantage to help people go ahead and get registered on election day and vote. And there's also no fault absentee voting. So two things that might be helpful to say about absentee voting. The first is that this year you can again, because of COVID, apply for an absentee ballot by an online portal. The New York State Board of Elections has an online portal. And if you want to vote absentee, you can go and you can do it on that portal. And COVID, again, can be used as your reason for voting 
absentee, if you're concerned about going to the polls. The way you do that is you check the box temporary illness on your absentee ballot. But right now, New York requires you to explain why you're voting absentee, that you have to say, I'm going to be out of the county or I have a temporary illness. And they're using the temporary illness box to cover for people who, you know, because of the COVID pandemic. But on the ballot this fall is an opportunity to vote for no fault absentee, meaning anyone can vote absentee. It's not quite true by mail voting like they have in Oregon and other places, but it's going to, it will hopefully move us toward a system where more people can vote absentee. And if, you, if you're working three jobs or you have other things that, other barriers to voting, it's gonna, both, both same day registration and absentee, no fault absentee will reduce barriers to voting. We and still then, have early voting though, right? We do. We have early voting from October 22nd to 31st. It's always 10 days before, we have 10 days of early voting. And then the Monday before election day, they stop and get all the machines moved. The early voting takes place at a certain number of centers that the, not all the polling places are open during early voting, but you can go to the Dutchess County Board of Elections and find out where you can vote. And, or in early and what the hours are for early voting between October 22nd and 31st. And then there's a little hiatus on November 1st this year and then election day, all the polls are open and your regular poll sites are open on November 2nd. So there is there is early voting for extra convenience. And uh, October 8th is actually the deadline to register to vote. And there's one more referendum on the ballot, which is for uh, well, actually there's a county one too, sorry. There's one more state referendum on the ballot, which is for an environmental bill of rights. Basically, it just says every citizen of New York, every resident of New York has a right to clean air and clean water. That's all it says. But it opens the path toward advocating for clean water and clean air for everyone and making sure that our environments are healthy. So those are the state level referenda. And then there's one countywide one. The Republican majority in the legislature on a straight party line vote has voted to downsize the legislature from 25 to 21. Those of us on the Democratic side are not persuaded that that's a good idea. They say it's going to save money. It will save about $60,000 a year. And uh, the same folks just voted $12.5 million to renovate and build team clubhouses at the Dutchess County Stadium. Yeah, I know. So how can you say about saving money if you're going to blow that much there? Well, 60000 is really, the savings is tiny. And it would make the legislative districts larger. So to my mind, it's, dis- it's downsizing democracy. It's going to force people to cover much larger districts. And uh, I think it's not a good idea. But I, so I'm not in favor of downsizing the legislature. Other people will have to decide for themselves. I'm a legislator, so <laughs> maybe I'm self-interested, but I don't want a larger district. It matters a lot to me to be able to represent my constituents, to be able to reach out to them. And having a smaller legislature also makes it a little bit harder to get things done. And if you want an active legislature that's playing an important role in county government, you need to have enough people in it to, uh, to, to get the job done. Right. And Rebecca, you're a public servant, so we're grateful for every public servant that spends so much of their time for to benefit all of us. Is there, is there something that you want to ask of us as constituents that we can do for all of you? That's such a wonderful question. Thank you so much. So I think it's really important for people to vote every year. Uh, it, there's nothing more important than going and voting and the first Tuesday in November, and also in school board elections and in other elections, like we were saying, the fire district elections that you may not even know exist. And 
the voting itself takes about two minutes, right? Hopefully it's pretty quick, but just getting to know what's going on locally and trying to help share the news a lot of what happens at the local level is word of mouth. So being involved in a local, going to your town board meeting, or just finding someone who is involved in local government and asking them, hey, what's going on? What, what are the issues here in my town? Paying attention to the candidates, calling a candidate, right? The nice thing about local politics is, you know, when I run for office, people call me and I answer the phone. <laughs> they can just ask me whatever questions they want. And that's how it ought to be that you have access. So you definitely have access to your local officials. And so people should feel very comfortable calling and saying, hey, this is the issue that's of concern to me. What's going on with that issue? What should I be doing to solve this problem I see in my neighborhood? Or how do I fix this problem? That kind of action really has to take place at a kind of neighborhood level here. So for newcomers, I think it's important to find your place and you know just sort of find the niches that, that, that speak to you and to get information. There's also publications like The River, for example, that are really following uh, some local issues and doing some pretty impressive investigative journalism. So if you look around, there are definitely some, some options for finding out what's going on and pursuing issues that are of concern. What was the newsletter you mentioned earlier that your caucus publishes? The Voice? We publish a newsletter called Duchess Voice. We have a website, www.duchessvoice.com, where people can subscribe. And roughly every month or so, we send out some notes about what's going on in the legislature from a Democratic perspective and a little bit of Democratic campaign news this time of year and things of that sort, uh, just to let people know what's going on. For a different point of view, you can uh, you can get from Dutchess County government, you can sign up for something called Dutchess Delivers. So you can tell Dutchess County, I want to get notices from the Office for the Aging if you are a senior citizen, or I wanna get notices about anything having to do with Dutchess Community College or whatever institution or issue you wanna follow. And you can get regular bulletins about what's going on. I wish that when I moved here, there was like a welcome wagon where there was like a place I could go and I could just learn all my different legislatures at all the different levels of government. I could have it all explained to me and maybe some pie. And I would have gotten to know my government less piecemeal and more holistically. That's a really great idea. Every town does it a little differently. And I think when you move here, you have a sense of, well, I moved to Red Hook. You know, you have a sense of I moved to Red Hook or I moved to Beacon or I moved to Millbrook or whatever. And, uh, and getting that larger perspective is a little bit hard. A lot of people don't pay much attention to county government. They may follow what's going on at the town level. And so it's a real challenge for us to create those kinds of places where people can find out what's going on and get involved since county government is so important. Reflecting on what I heard, I didn't realize how much of the COVID CARES money the county's involved in as the arms of the state government, as Rebecca called it. The other thing that surprised me was the role of committees, and how if the committees don't meet like they are now, then there's no chance in bipartisan compromise, and it's hard to get anything done except one party's agenda. But we couldn't talk all business. This is, after all, a family show. I also asked Rebecca my new signature question. My brother-in-law, who's an EMT with the fire department, said, I need to start asking guests, what's the coolest place to go? that nobody knows to go to. So I'm not sure if you'll give away any secrets, but do you have a favorite place in Dutchess County? Ooh, so one favorite place of mine is Burger Hill Park, 
which yes. is south of Rhinebeck. Wonderful view of the Catskills, just a wonderful and wonderful place to go fly a kite. You'll often find kids up there flying kites. And I've seen bobolinks there in the summertime. It's not a big park, but it's just a particularly lovely hill to climb up. And another they have, one- they have stones actually with a map of the Catskills and you can see which Catskill is which from there. Yes, if you want just a little short kind of up strenuous uphill walk and then a view of the Catskills on a pretty day with the little benches that show and the signs that show you the names of all the Catskill Mountains, it's a wonderful spot. Another place that is really wonderful is Buttercup Preserve, which is an Audubon sanctuary. And it's kind of hiding in the town of Milan, which a lot of people who don't live here think is called Milan, but it's not, it's Milan. (laughs) Uh, And in the town of Milan, the Audubon Society has a, has a, farm preserve called Buttercup Farm Preserve. That's really a wonderful sort of mixture of grasslands and a lot of great bird watching. So anybody who likes to bird watch, that's a kind of hidden site. There's a really cool art project in Wasaic. Have you done, talked to anybody from the Wasaic project yet? I have not. Okay. So south of Amenia in Wasaic, there is a really cool artist project there and they have ongoing exhibitions and it's just a really fun little community. The bike trail goes right through it. And it's a very hot day. There's a piece of creek there, which you can climb down to and you can splash around in the creek and really friendly people there. So it's a really lovely location. And they're trying to do some really cool things with the former psychiatric center there and are thinking a lot about issues of housing and justice, as well as, you know, obviously creation of art. So that's a really cool place if you haven't been to the Wasea project. There's one more, which is Cloverbrook Llama Farm. Actually, we have several llama farms, but I particularly like Cloverbrook Llama Farm. I love llamas. They have classes called Llama Stay, where you can go do yoga and hang out with the llamas. So Cloverbrook Llama Farm is a great place to go hang out with llamas and alpacas and do yoga and take llama walks and things like that. I love this new signature question of asking everyone their favorite place in the valley. Thanks to my brother-in-law, Adam, for the idea. If you have a place you want to recommend, please share or send it on City It's channels on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or just email me at goatsatcityat.com. I'll probably do an episode on just this topic. Thanks again to Rebecca Edwards for explaining more about local government and why we all need to be more aware and more involved. If you'd like information on how to apply for an absentee ballot, visit elections.ny.gov. If you're a Dutchess County resident, you can also find out who represents you at gis.duchessnewyork.gov. The link is available in the show description. Please vote in your local elections this fall, especially if you're up here in the Hudson Valley. I know it's an off year, but as you can hear, it matters quite a bit. I've had the most beautiful couple of days. Brian and I went to Athens, New York for a special Oysters weekend at River Cafe at Stewart House. Recommend adding Stewart House to your list. We drove home along stunning Wire Road off County Road 31, which is such a great break from the main roads. Rushing past cows, farmhouses, and open fields. I love it here. Thanks for listening. I hope you do too. And if not, come visit. (laughs) 